Welcome to Dragon Talk. Woo! Oh, small, small audience today. Yes. What with we, all that social distancing. We are here. Uh, I am Greg Tito. I am joined by... Where are you? Shelly Mazanoble and yes! Puppy. And Puppy. Uh, this is the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and we are excited to be here streaming again from our homes uh, it's been a really crazy ride, uh, but we did get to talk to uh, Christina Ariel as well as Maud Garrett the last few weeks. And God, yeah. We've done we, a lot from home. We have. This is our third one from home. What? Uh, and we're, today we're talking to Tiffany Smith, an amazing actress and storyteller and D&D player, and uh, we can't wait to pick her brain about um, being in a Lifetime movie, including shows on the CW, uh, but also uh, her love of Dungeons & Dragons and how she's using it to get through or at least provide a creative outlet during these times. Uh, so that should be really great. I'm excited. Aren't I'm you, Shelley? I'm excited. Yes. This is a very exciting one. Um, this Flump is very excited. Uh, hey, Flump. We have... Uh, Figurines of adorable power uh, from our friends at Ultra Pro. Uh, they are available right now. There was the Owl Bear and the Red Dragon uh, that came out, I believe, last year. Uh, but they have added to it uh, with a flump um, that has actually so different. Cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Uh, it's got very nice looking, uh, welcoming eyes, I guess you could really? say. Really? Yeah. Just a nice, welcoming face. Yes. And then it's got like a little movable uh, tentacle, tendril, um, and uh, it's it's very, very fun. Uh, so okay. there is, uh, in this new kind of line of figurines of adorable power, there's the flump, the gif, a gazer, a mimic, in addition to the owlbear and red dragon that they already had out there. Those are available now, and uh, they might make a really good gift or perhaps a... A reward for you homeschooling your kids uh, right about now. Yes. Uh, and then as far a, as... A reward for the parents. I mean, yeah, It's actually probably more reward <laughs> for the parents uh, to be able to use their... Teachers, their, we love you. Better than an apple. Just yes. give, us, give me a flump. Uh, yes. There's actually two different versions of the flump. I think this is the, the pink tentacle version, but there's a green tint uh, to the tentacle versions uh, mm. as well out there. Uh, there is also this amazing thing. Did you play Mad Libs when you were a kid? All the freaking time. Right? It was perfect. Oh my God. My favorite. Going on vacation, like long car trips or things like that. And it's a, for those of you who uh, are not as old as me and Shelly and may not know what Mad Libs are, um, it's this pad of paper that has uh, a list of um, words that you need to fill out and you fill it out ahead of time, right? So you'll be like, you need an adverb or a plural noun or thing. And you, you kind of just come up with usually funny and interesting and, and, and uh, wonky words for those selections. And then you add them into a uh, paragraph or a story. And um, the funny things that you came up with are non sequiturs and feel like they're, they're, uh, you know they make they make all times of, of, of hilarity happen. Uh, so the uh, Mad Libs are coming out with a D and D Mad Libs, uh, and that's available actually right now. Um, so you can uh, play as a gnome or a half orc, uh, or just enter in all types of crazy things in these little D and D short stories, uh, and they're fantastic. So uh, I can't wait for people to start posting their Mad Libs of D and D stories. You know. This is also great for homeschooling because mm. you're learning about nouns and 
adverbs and adjectives. That's where so, I learned that stuff. I mean, I think I, that's actually Schoolhouse Rock and Mad Libs for sure. That's where, that's where I learned everything that I know yes, right now. Basically. Uh, it's true. No, I mean, I think I'm, I remember very specifically my sister, who's about seven years older than me, teaching me like what an adverb was and what a verb was and what a noun was specifically so that we could play Mad So Libs. you could do Mad Libs. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, Quinn's going to love this. I'm looking at um, a page of the Mad Libs right now. And I see like part of the body, and so like I know what he's gonna put there. So. <laughs> it's butts. It's butts, isn't it? We already know. Fifty-fifty. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's butts or other other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's uh, amazing, and we're gonna be learning so much about Quinn. <laughs> When we do that, and actually for Dickindy News next week, I think I'm going to actually show off and maybe do a Mad Lib with uh, the audience because that's yes. always super fun. You have to. Uh, we'll put. We'll ask for what those words will be in chat, and then I'll but read I, it out loud. Speaking of chat, they're actually quoting Schoolhouse Rocks right now, and I so appreciate it because I also have lolly lolly lolly. Get your adverbs here in my head. Um, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Yeah, Schoolhouse Rocks was great. You know, Schoolhouse Rocks. Schoolhouse Rocks. rocks. Uh, we got to get one of those going for for Dungeons and Dragons pretty soon. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, of course, everyone also should be picking up their copy uh, or getting it delivered of Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount. There it is. This is it uh, in all of its glory. 304 pages of everything you need to know to play Dungeons & Dragons in the uh, world of Exandria on the continent of Wild Mount as dramatized in Critical Role's second campaign. Uh, it's very, very awesome, and I've been thumbing through it and picking up newfound respect for Matthew Mercer and the Critical Role team, uh, as well as all the amazing freelancers that put together time and energy in putting this together. And I hope you are digging it as much as I have. It's beautiful. The maps alone. The maps alone are glorious. I'm sad we were not able to... Your birthday twin. My birthday twin. Um, I was sad we were not able to talk to her in person uh, during Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, I know. We'll be scheduling an interview with her very soon uh, over the over the Zooms, over the Skypes, over the video conferencing, and we'll be able to hopefully see a lot of her work there. So that's really exciting. Um, I know a lot of people have been playing Dungeon Mayhem Monster Madness. We have. Right? Yeah. I, I know Boots this Magoots. because... They uh, a lot of times people will tweet at me telling me that they're playing, which warms my heart. Thank it you. does. Yeah, it's so but great. It's, uh, um, yeah, you can play with five or six players, up to five or six players if you want. And I, um, so if there's many of you stuck in quarantine, it's a very good option. It is, and there's tons of replayability with using the different character decks uh, that are in there, as well as the ones that have come out uh, and that are all stored neatly into that box. Oh my uh, god! So. Dig into it if you haven't already. It's great to uh, get young kids up to speed on D&D stuff. Now here I am looking for the Young Adventurers guides. Um, Greg's magic bookshelves. I know. I have Very handy books. that you're just like home in your, your game room. It's the perfect. It's the perfect situation. So yeah, this Wizards and Spells has been out for a couple of weeks, uh, but I really, really love the way that they introduce 
the concepts of Dungeons and Dragons in, for younger readers, uh, but it also is great for 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 older readers too. Uh, well, to get- it is. It's great for people like adults who are new to D anD. d It's just a really easily digestible way of learning key bits of information. Exactly. I love it. Um, and honestly, I've been getting a lot of pings lately from people who are wanting to get into Dungeons and Dragons uh, during this time. And I have been trying to send people to these books for those for that reason. It's a great way to get into the concepts. Uh, so this is the one that most recently came out. This is the fourth book. Uh, but there is, of course, uh, Dungeons and Tombs, Monsters and Creatures. And I... Oh, crap, I forget what the, the, the other one is. But I think it's Heroes and... I don't know. Someone in chat will, will, will probably tell me. But there's four of them out there now, and uh, we're really excited about them. Uh, Jim Zub, Stacey King, and Andrew Wheeler were the writers on that, and there's all new artwork within them. And that's the thing I like to always talk about because yep. um, having new, freshly commissioned artwork uh, really brings those uh, books to life. <coughs> Sorry. Cough, 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 oh, cough. We don't have our cough button. Um, in addition, I mean, like I said, a lot of people are coming up with ways to play uh, together online uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And D&D has put together an article that is live now on the Dungeons and Dragons website uh, about uh, you know, giving you uh, links. Um, you might, you'll see it right on the front page. It's called Remote D&D Tips and Tricks. And uh, definitely point people to that if they're interested in learning more about how to play Dungeons and Dragons. It has all the basic rules uh, that you can download for free right now, as well as uh, links to Roll Twenty, Fantasy Grounds, D and D Beyond, uh, as well as uh, partners like uh, the D and D Adventurers League and the DMs Guild. There's tons of free material available, material uh, yeah. available for you to jump into right now. So. Um, if you're looking for somewhere to send people who are like, hey, I want to find out about D&D, that's a great place to do it in this time. Beautiful. But also all times, I guess yeah. I could say. Well, I think it's time to jump to our segment. What do you think about that, Shelley? I'm excited for this segment. Yeah. I love this. You did a fantastic one last week about how to get started playing online. So that's another great resource for people. Yes, Noah Grand was my guest, and um, if you haven't taken a listen to it, he's got really good advice. He's pretty much an expert in in running D&D online. Nice. We will jump into that uh, for sure. Uh, and actually, we probably should have that for that article. I don't know why we haven't yet. So. I, I, talk, I think I, yeah. You should tell someone who's living in your house. I to, mean, I think to I, that guy, that, that guy that lives in my basement, basically. Quinn, <laughs> Quinn's on it. He's, he, he'll take care of it. Get out of your cage and do something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, for this segment, we're going to be talking to Kate Welch and coming up with another random character. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We have not yet recorded it, but it's going to be super fun. And uh, that is coming up right now. And then we'll come back with our interview with Tiffany Smith. Yes. Yes. Segment of random character generator. Yay! Yay! I know Ryan's clapping wherever he is. I am Greg, <laughs> and this is Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. I'm here like to randomly you. generate a character. You're going to be randomly generating things today. Uh, in addition to uh, having a wonderful background of a flayed mind flayer, is that what that is behind <laughs> you? Isn't that amazing? 
It is good I stuff. honestly don't know what this is supposed to be. Like an autopsy table that somebody has <laughs> dissected a mind flayer? It's got to be. Or someone who has been mind flayed? It's disgusting, whatever it's it gross. is. It's uh, gross. And I think it figures into this random character that we are going to create. Uh, for this segment, uh, we use D&D Beyond and create a third-level random character. There's a button that you can press when you're creating a character on D&D Beyond. And oh, yeah. It, Fills everything in for you, except for weapons. That's like the one thing that doesn't. They let you you choose yeah. that out there. Uh, but we are going to see what what pops up and then try to create a backstory uh, and fill in all the biographical details for this character uh, as is random. Uh, now, for this one, yes. we're not going to be able to show it, uh, but we do have a link to that character right now, uh, which I'm looking at, and I think folks in chat can look at it too. Nice. Uh, it is Kotemur. Kotemur. <laughs> Kotemur, I love it. A grung ranger. Uh-huh. With some terrible stats. <laughs> really, truly, truly abysmal stats. So we've got a oh, uh, seven strength, which is a negative two modifier, an eight <laughs> dexterity for a ranger, which is very upsetting. Negative one, not great. No. Uh, pretty good con as a 17 uh, with a plus three. Smart Grung with a uh, plus two for intelligence, plus two for wisdom, and pretty charismatic. So the, the first two physical stats are terrible, uh, but everything else is uh, points to Kodamore to being pretty cool and fun to hang out with. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got uh, a, a good constitution, so I imagine he is, um, he's good at taking, taking hits. He's good at um, taking shots, probably. <laughs> Uh, and you know is is very resistant to poison. I think that's actually one of his abilities. He's he's got some poison immunity. But yeah, he sounds he seems like he'd be he'd hold up his end of the conversation while also beating you at a drinking contest. <laughs> and that's that's a pretty pretty good quality to have. Uh, yeah. Uh, for someone so and Grung is uh, uh, actually I forget what supplement they came from. Was that was that in Volos? I'm not sure either. But they are like a tree frog person. Uh, they're super, super cute. They are very cute. In fact, I opened up uh, a miniatures with uh, with uh, uh, a grung in there. They're very tiny, um, and they I know are a favorite uh, monster of Chris Lindsay. Oh yeah, on this the D and D team. It's a it's a, a supplement called One Grung Above. Yes, One Grung Above is where you and there's a there's a ton of racial traits you have. Arboreal alertness, which is proficiency in perception. Mm-hmm. You're amphibious. You can breathe water and air. You're immune to poison damage in the poison condition, which also goes with that high constitution. That's That makes sense. Yep. But you also have poisonous skin. Ooh. They have to, anybody who grapples you or comes into contact with you has to uh, make a saving throw or become poisoned for one minute. So it's actually like a little poison tree frog person. I was I was being flip when I said that, but that's 100%. That's exactly what, what they look is. like, too. So they've <laughs> got... Cute. That cute and deadly uh, yes. type of thing going on. Um, and this is my favorite of the racial traits. Water dependency. Mm-hmm. If you fail to immerse yourself in water for at least one hour a day, you suffer one level of exhaustion at the end of that day. Aww. Oh, you can only recover unless you submerge yourself in water again. You got oh, to go for grunts. a dip in the pool. <laughs> you got to dry out. <laughs> <laughs> so precious. Oh, oh okay. man! He also—I'm uh, calling him a he, but he may not. They, uh, I'm not sure. I think, I think 
he's a he. Yeah. He's, he strikes me as a he so far. Yeah. Um, so skills, they're able to handle animals. Uh, they're learned in Arcana, which is interesting for a ranger. Uh, mm-hmm. Insight, investigation, perception, and survival. Uh, yeah. So those are all pretty pretty good for, for a ranger that is out there looking for, and its favorite enemy is Faye. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Kodamur is a little tree frog person. Mm-hmm. I, I assume they're small. I actually don't know what size a grung is. I think they are. Uh, but the, I, I imagine he's like medium. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's hunting fey creatures. He is immune to poison. He is uh, proficient with survival, animal handling, and insight. I have to imagine. Okay, so I love this already because if what he's if he's hunting fey creatures, uh, he's proficient with survival and insight. I like to imagine that Kodamur is out there. Uh, he's an adventurer, and he is actively seeking out breaches uh, in reality that are transports into the Feywild, like place, places where the material plane becomes very thin. Ooh, okay. he, he seeks out those places and eliminates whatever Fey threat exists there. Um, so he, that's why he's, he's a ranger. He's, he's able to like track whatever creatures don't look like they, they would be from the material plane. Um, he can talk to animals, I believe. I think he has the, the spell speak with animals. Yeah. 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 So he's relying on the creature's, of the wilds to help him track down and, and eliminate uh, Feywild incursions into the material plane. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, and it says there, uh, Kodamir's um, favored terrain is mountain. Okay, yeah. Okay, so he's he's doing this in like, let's say, let's say Kodamir was born in some kind of like a swamp mm. um, like a, or jungle. Let's say jungle. We've done swamp before. Okay. So uh, as a, as a poison tree frog person, he comes from the jungle. Um, but maybe he did such a good job there that he had to move to different terrain mm-hmm. and he studied uh, survival in the mountains. And so, and it's the, like the last place you would expect to find a grong. It's, it's not their, their natural territory. Um, so he, he had to, he had to study which is part of why his natural physical stats are so bad, because um, he's not. He this this is not maybe necessarily what he was born for. Mm. He was probably born to, you know, live in the jungle and and survive. Um, but because he something happened to him that had to do with a Feywild incursion on the material plane, he has like sworn vengeance, and he's he's going to close every single. Uh, uh, entrance into the Feywild that he can find, and next up is the mountains. All right, all right, and ma- and the mountains is where he thinks there's all these incursions are going to be occurring, right? Yeah, so maybe his. There. Yeah, maybe his jungle homeland like but abuts some uh, some mountain range, mm-hmm. and he has tracked these Feywild incursions to the mountains. So that's why he was like, okay, I don't know how to survive in the mountains, but I'm going to study up. I'm going to get great at animal handling. I'm going to get great at survival. And I'm going to choose this as my favorite terrain. Let's go. Okay. Well, and I like the Fey thing because the ranger archetype for Kotimura that was chosen was Gloomstalker. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading about Gloomstalker. Um, they are at home in the darkest places, yeah. deep under the earth, in gloomy alleyways, in primeval forests, and wherever else the light dims. So he seems like he would be. He's got. He's third level, so he has the disguise self mm-hmm. spell that Gloomstalker gets. 
Um, he gets a bonus to initiative rolls equal to his wisdom modifier. Oh, that's good for him because he's um, got a plus he gets- two wisdom modifier. <laughs> It's like the one thing, it's, it's, his negative one from dexterity uh, means yeah. that his initiative yeah, is now a plus that's one. That's true. Total. So that's, yeah. Okay. So that is, that. that's actually, I mean, oddly kind of optimized. <laughs> the, the physical the physical stats aren't, but the dread ambusher making up for the, the lack of dexterity. Yeah. Very good. That's, that's a good catch. That is pretty um, cool. He's got dark vision out to 60 feet. Yeah, so maybe it's not uh, just all Fey, but maybe he's going into the, uh, instead of the Fey Wild, he's going more into um, Shadowfell. That's the word I'm looking for, ooh, right? Like he's got something where he, he, maybe he's working with the Fey and the Elvish to a certain extent, but then he, you know, he's using uh, his skills as a gloom stalker to stalk in the gloom of the Shadowfell. Ooh, okay. Well, I mean, third level, he probably should not be going into the Shadowfell <laughs> anytime soon. But I like I like where his head is at. I think it's very important to have goals. <laughs> um, and so maybe that's the ultimate goal is oh, that I, I think is it is it oh, I don't know this off the top of my head, but are the creatures in the Shadowfell considered Fey? Uh yeah, I believe I so, know. right? Not all of them, I don't but know. I'm sure there are some. Um but yeah, so if there's if there, there's you know, there's fake creatures everywhere. But yeah, if he's if he's out there in the world, trying to either work with or find, but the the fae being his favorite enemy makes me think that he's actually hunting them. Right. You know. Um, but maybe 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 he's hunting them in order to get information from them, not to kill them. Maybe maybe it's not a hunting down and murdering kind of like a mm. uh, Punisher type of thing, but if he's able to, if he's if he's able to find the Fey, then maybe they're the ones who can give him information about how he might enter the Shadowfell, and that's what he's really training for. That's, he's a he's a gloom stalker. He's he's putting all of his points in that. He wants to he wants to be able to navigate in the darkness, and he knows that gloom stalker is going to be the way he gets there. I love it. All right, that was really cool. Um, he fights with two weapons, it looks like. So he adopted the, the two-weapon fighting style, so definitely having a grung with, uh, what would he have, like two daggers because he's, he's small? Yeah, he's, um, he's two-weapon fighting. As a ranger, I, I, I want to give him a ranged attack, mm-hmm. right? Well, he does have a really bad dexterity as well as a bad strength. He does. So maybe, That's true. So maybe even though he does have two fighting when he, you know, two hit weapon hiding when he needs to, like he, he never really actually wants to get into a fight. Yeah. And I kind of love that he doesn't have weapons because all of his spells are also either buffs or, uh, like a snare. He's got, he's got a snare. He's got cure wounds, disguise self yeah. snare and speak with animals, but none of those are damage spells. Like he's, I think I think you're honest. I don't think he's. I don't think he's killing anybody. I think I think he's just hunting. Yeah, and he maybe he has to team up with the the fae uh, or the elves in order to um, be a guide to them. And like he just he will just Ooh. bring other fighters to uh, to um, to close these these portals down. But he he won't actually do anything. He just he's like literally like a golem. Like he's just the guide. He's not the fighter. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so he has he's maybe garnered a reputation for being able to find these fey portals. Mm-hmm. Like he that he's he is unusual in his grung family or clan or tribe or whatever because he is um, he's just he's got this weird ability, and so 
word of this has spread and maybe there's a there's a caravan of elves that comes trekking into the jungle to to find Kodamur and to ask him for his help ah. in isolating and and finding these uh these Feywild breaches. That's cool cuz he's also and and he's also got a um uh cartographer's tools as, uh, oh. as a proficiency. So maybe that's maybe he's mapping where these portals are. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's yeah, that's part of his service is that he is able to not only find the the weak spots, the thin spots between the material and the Feywild, but he's able to like make maps of them. And maybe that's all he does. Maybe even when he's not being hired by elves, maybe he still is making these maps in his spare time. Yeah. And he's got he's just got a pile of them. And he's like a he's like a uh, he'd be a really good quest giver in an RPG. You know, it's just like I've made maps, and I they will each map will point you to a different. Uh, portal to the Feywild, and it is up to you to close it. But I have done the I've done the the hard work. I've laid the groundwork for you. I know exactly where they are. Here's take take three maps and then close them, and then come back, and I will provide yeah, you he's, more maps. Yeah, he's 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 the pointer. He's like, here, go here, do this thing, make it happen. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right. So, and then I, as I was hovering over the cartographer's tool, a, a pop up comes up, which is so great about D and D Beyond, and it says, "Is it engineer?" Oh. And I was like, oh, wait, that's where... So his background is actually an Is It Engineer, oh, which right. is from uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. <laughs> that's uh, so this adds a whole other layer to it. Uh, how how would he be using um, the... So Is It is a clan within Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica that's all about magical invention. Yes. Uh, and using electricity... Uh, that's created through lightning spells and things like that to power sometimes experiments which go awry uh-huh. and blow up uh, as well as... So it's this idea of a combination of, uh, of magic and technology, you know, very similar to uh, Eberron, but very specifically only about um, this within the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. So how would a grung be training in this? It may necessarily have to be is it, but just having this idea of using uh, magic and engineering together. Maybe he's trying to invent a device that closes these portals. Oh, is that? And he needs more information. He, like needs, he needs. He needs like he a needs, survey information in order to do that. He needs research. Yeah, yeah. And he he's good at doing it himself. But maybe there are some breaches that are just too dangerous, and yeah. that's that's why he needs these parties of adventurers to come clear it out so that he can he can take his measurements and get his information and then can. can Continue work on his machine. That's cool. All right, uh, and I and I feel like that's. Uh, I mean, less as a quest giver and like go do this, but like you need to be able to take me because yes. I can't protect myself. Right, you need to take me. I'm the only one who knows how to work these things. Yes, uh, and so he's he's a hirer of of, uh, uh, of adventurers to escort him on these things. Right, and he's he's very particular about not touching anyone. He's like right. rogue and X Men. Like maybe he has, <laughs> maybe he wears little gloves, um, and he's he's very he's he's very standoffish, and he always keeps that like six feet coronavirus distance from everybody. <laughs> he's a so he's Too socially real. isolating, um, <laughs> and because because if you touch him, you're gonna get poisoned. And yeah. he's he he's you know he's accepted that about himself, but he understands that all of these you know pink skinned weaklings can't handle. The, the the grung skin, um, and so yeah, he's 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 very 
he's very uh, odd about the way that he he doesn't he doesn't like to he doesn't touch anyone he doesn't let anyone touch him um and he probably comes off as like a germaphobe but it's actually for everybody else's protection he's actually protecting everyone by doing yeah, that yeah, yeah exactly. what if he had, what if he's able to create some type of um you know i'm thinking of uh from game of thrones the like throne thing that bran wore on top of uh uh the big guy um oh, you know as, yeah. as you know, because like he wasn't a, able to walk like a little backpack a little backpack, like what if he's created some type of uh, invention that allows uh, burlier adventurers to carry him around without the risk of touch? So it's I rem- I'm imagining a backpack that's like a like a bubble boy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen those? Jake Gyllenhaal is there uh, <laughs> playing this character. I think there's these backpacks that you can buy to like put your cat or your bunny yes. inside of, and there's a little portal so that they can see out of it. This little it's bubble, like a little clear plastic thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what he's invented. He's like got breathing holes, but it is this this little tiny like poison frog face with the big eyes staring out yeah, the bubble. And it, oh, and like it, it, it um, magnifies his eyes so they even become <laughs> yeah, they're, bigger they're than they like fisheye lens on, the, on those little eyeballs. <laughs> okay, that's cool. All right, I want I want Kodamor to come on my adventure. Oh with me my now. god, he's amazing. Oh, what a good little lad. And well, he's been, uh, you know, oddly healthy, you know, because he's got the strong constitution, so he's able to to yeah. kind of go into these different places, but he does all that in order to protect other people. And yes. I think that's, that's Yeah, beautiful. I think so too. And and he, uh, there's no, um, there's no alignment on these random character generators, but, it, but he strikes me as like, I don't even know if, like maybe neutral good. Mm-hmm. He's. It may or may not be an actual good thing that he's closing these portals into the Feywild. He's That's a good he's, point. Per, he's perceiving it as bad, but but you know he's got his own reasons, and adventurers may or may not agree with his choices. Especially if you know a portal is just like spitting out all these beautiful unicorns. You're like, oh man, this is great. I love unicorns. He's like, no, unicorns suck. We got it. We got to murder all the unicorns. He's like jumping. He's like jumping from unicorn to unicorn and poisoning all of them. Totally. Oh, dice dysphemist in the Twitch chat says, "I want to have an artist to live sketch the characters they created." I love that idea. I love that idea. I've got I've got a Tyler Jacobson in here. We can we we can we can 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 wire him in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you can see, but I've got the beholder that I painted is back here. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, I see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he would do. He would do such a good job. That's awesome. Okay, so what? Uh, I think the final thing is what does Kotamur sound like when you, if you were to come up with a, a voice or, or just you know, doesn't even, you don't need to perform it necessarily, but like what? what oh what, no, I'm he, performing he, it. You ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. He sounds like this. <laughs> he's he's got a little deep frog voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, I'm Don't touch me. Oh, man. Stay away. <laughs> Woe to the person who would have to perform that voice <laughs> for longer than... It's easy. Yeah. You, put your, you put your chin into your <laughs> neck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that, it's so good. All right. Excellent. All right. So, uh... Kotemur, uh, yeah. How, how should we sum this up? How should we sum up this uh, this whole character? You, you. That's that's your job. Bud. That's my job. All right. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, so Kotemur is a grung ranger uh, who was schooled by a 
organization, maybe the Izzet organization from Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, uh, that allowed him to use magic and engineering uh, to devise ways to sense out uh, portals uh, to the Feywild, maybe to the Shadowfell, uh, and he's taking it on as his mission to go into the mountains uh, and find these portals. And, uh, you know, he was uh, perhaps stalking and, 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 you know, not being... Uh, detected, but he now needs the help of adventurers to go to these places and start closing down these portals. Uh, And he uses two weapons, although he generally tries to avoid all fights, which is why he uh, needs adventurers to help along with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the skills that he's got is is basically in service to this. Uh, He's quite smart. He's got a a very funny voice. Uh, he's not evil, uh, but not necessarily good. Right. Um, yeah. Although he does take the protection of the people that he is with very seriously, and he's devised a way to travel with them uh, by using these these engineering feats uh, to do so. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I love him. I love him too. Ah. Oh. Cody Muir is available for you to uh, access, uh, perhaps using some of the fun stuff that Kate and I came up with for him as a character. Maybe you can add him as an NPC. Maybe your player characters would be inspired as using him uh, as, as, as a player. Uh, he he's be a, a good quest giver. He's got a lot of handicaps if you want to fight with him, but uh, oh, yeah. I think those would be really fun to overcome. And then you get to talk like this. <laughs> Wait, no. like, like, throw, throw me into combat. I'll roll around on him. oh my goodness i feel like he's got like a southern twang to him as well (laughs) he does it's because i've been watching tiger king everybody's been watching the tiger king so good Uh, so good man i wish i i I, we'd probably get sued but i wish i had that song to cue up right here whenever anybody (laughs) says tiger king Uh, oh. So excellent. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining oh, me. Thank you, Greg. This was really fun. I, I love always love coming up with fun, random characters with you. Um, me too. If you would love to uh, find out more about Cody Muir and how you can do random characters on D&D Beyond, uh, follow the links into the show notes uh, for access to this and look at all of our old characters as well. We've done this segment many times and they're all super fun and available for you to play with. Um, Yay! And I love the idea of adding a visual to this. So, you know, hey, we're... <sighs> Constantly yeah. leveling up our streaming capabilities here from home, and maybe that's something we add to this is a uh, third right, party yeah, we, who's sketching would, along the way. Would we be able to do a three-up? I guess you, you do it with the guests, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. who knows? We'll, okay. we'll, we'll come up with fun stuff, but oh, thanks see, for the I'll ideas. I'll see if we can get Tyler J. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see what's it, what, he's, what he's about. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Uh, if people Thanks, wanted Greg. to uh, find you, I guess Instagram might be the best way, right? Yeah, Kate Welch, cha cha cha, four H's on Instagram. I'm hanging out there. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, what about everybody. you, Greg? Where can they find you? I am at Greg Tito, uh, both uh, on Twitter and uh, at Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Very awesome. good. And well of course, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is where it's at. So find us there uh, and D&D Beyond. Uh, thank you for allowing us this awesome feature of creating random characters. It's one of my favorite things on <laughs> yes, your, on your D&D website. Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. my goodness kate welch makes me laugh more than any other person out there it worked 
You know, I feel like that's exactly what we all needed right now. It's true. We needed a uh, grung ranger with <laughs> negative modifiers to his physical stats. That's exactly what everyone needs. That, he's, a, he, he's all of us right now. He is all of us. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's very true. <laughs> oh, Shelly, thank you uh, oh. for bringing it all back <laughs> around. How can I not? You're the best. Around. You're the best. We're going to lift each other up and talk to Tiffany Smith. Can't wait. Let's call her now. I think it happened. Hello. Let's welcome <laughs> Tiffany Smith to we did the Dragon Talk. Yay. We so did it, guys. excited. We're making things happen. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I see it. I see it. I'm very it proud is, of us. actually occurring. Uh, it's fantastic. So, uh, Tiffany, for those folks who may be watching and listening uh, who are not uh, CW and Lifetime channel viewers. <laughs> I don't I don't know who those people are. Those people don't exist, but we're just uh, pretending that they do. Uh, yeah, what, what are some of the fun stuff that p- people might know you from uh, before we get into talking all about the D&D? Um, I think for sure with Miss Spacey, I started in LA working for a network called G4, which I think a lot of people who play D&D who are in that space know, and I did some stuff on Attack of the Show and X-Play. Um, And then I started actually doing live streams for Marvel was the first job that I did in comic books um, because I grew up reading comics. And then from there, I ended up going over to D.C. And so we started um, D.C. All Access a while ago. And then that has now turned into D.C. Daily. So I do stuff with D.C. Comics um, and was lucky enough that, you know, I've grown up loving like action and comedy and comic book kind of movies and stuff. So um, I worked for Fandango for a while and got to do premieres and junkets and all that sort of thing for films that I love, like the Fast and Furious franchise. I don't care what anyone says. I love all those movies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, no argument here. Yeah. Um, So kind of in that space. And then um, I had been playing Magic the Gathering for a while and probably about a couple years ago now, I would say the place that I did some magic tournaments at, they had kind of like a beginner Dungeons and Dragons night. And that was where it kind of all started for me. And now it's just been it's been like the saving grace of being home quarantined, safe at home right now. It's so amazing. That's For awesome. Sure. Was your D&D uh, game already online or did you take it online because of what's been going on? Um, no. So here's the crazy thing. So we started probably about, I want to say like a year and a half ago, I started playing that campaign. And during that time, a couple of us went like off and had to go do work. And I was in Vancouver and we were like, man, I don't know if we can do this online, guys. We really need to be in person to do this. And <laughs> now, because we're all at home, we were like, okay, let's we we play on Roll Twenty for the maps and everything, and then we still use Zoom as well. Um, which this last week when we played, we actually started rolling in Roll Twenty because we were actually rolling our real dice before. And I'm gonna say, it had really catastrophic effects <laughs> rolling in Roll Twenty. So I'm gonna go back to my actual dice. Why? What it happened? Was, Superstition? Oh, we just, like, like kept just... rolling super, like, everything oh. we rolled was low. Or you'd, oh, like, no. roll a 20 when it was, like, unnecessary. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, I'll stick to rolling my dice that I have at home. And, like, we all trust each other. Um, our DM always makes fun of me because I sit kind of next to him behind. Um, and he obviously has his little shield up. But I'm like, he always rolls where I can directly see the dice. And he's like, Tiffany, stop cheating. I'm like, I'm not cheating. Stop rolling where I can see them. <laughs> 
Right. So. Well, at least you know he's he's not cheating. It's true. It's true. Those so. are like the people who you're playing cards with who are like holding it like this and you're like, oh, I'm, yeah. it's not my fault. I'm just glancing at you and I'm realizing that what you have in your hand. It's like Exactly. I'm looking at you and that's it. That's yeah. you 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 put it there for me to see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and maybe he maybe they did. Maybe, maybe that was did. all yeah. yeah. That was the tactic. I don't Part know. Part of the plan. I don't know. Well, that's cool. I mean, I, I I need to start leveling up in playing in Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds and some of those other virtual tabletops out there because uh, my group hasn't been able to get together and and I like rolling the physical dice. So I think I might do what you're saying where we're still we're still doing some of that, but sharing maps and whatnot through uh, through those things. Yeah, and I I mean I think it's what's so cool about it is I think when I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop game or Magic where you're actually interacting with people. The great part is that you get to spend so much time with people and talk with them. And, you know, you're seeing it so much more now that people are just having like Zoom hangouts. They aren't playing any games or anything. But I'm like, that's kind of why we started playing and loving D&D so much is that you get that quality time with your friends that sometimes you don't get any other way, um, except for when you're playing these games. And it's so creative and such a great outlet because, I mean... It's great being at home and you can only watch so much TV and being a creative, it's hard to find great outlets for that. And so D&D is a really cool place to get to kind of express that part of you while we're all being safe. Yeah, yeah there's something to it being a uh, active piece of entertainment rather than a passive one. Right? Totally, totally. Yeah, and I mean, it's like you can be as silly or crazy as you want while you're playing. And I'm, I find that when we're playing online now, it's such a different dynamic than it was in person because so our campaign we will sometimes spend probably like a good 15 or 20 minutes like coming up with how we are about to go into a battle <laughs> what order we're going in oh yeah so hard do you have let us do this but it's like no 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 like i'm small so i <laughs> i play a halfling rogue assassin so i'm like okay I mean, but I have really, I'm really stealthy, so I should go first, but I'm really small and weak, so I'll die if it's something huge. So it's like, we kind of go through all that, and now that we're playing online, there's so much less of that. Things happen a lot faster, because we can't all talk at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. There, it's a, playing online is a much different experience, I guess, because you're a group that's already used to each other, then it's probably an easier transition for you, but I have found that starting a campaign with people I'm relatively new with and it's all online, it can be a little unsettling. Yeah. Well, and I will say it's like, it's definitely a learning curve of actually moving your characters around and zooming in and zooming out of the map. And, um, that took a little bit of us getting used to, but, um, I mean, we've been, this is our second week and I feel like this week was so much smoother. Oh, that's good. And you yeah, guys just yeah. had a big milestone, too, that I just saw you we post about. We did! We did! We just finished the Lost Minds of Fandelver, and we are all leveling up to five. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, we have an email chain going, and it's been, for a really long time, mostly just about, like, what days we're going to play, when we're going to get together, that sort of thing. And now it's turned into, okay, we have to put together all the stuff that we have. How much money do we have? What can we sell? What can we get? Because there's two of our characters that have no magic, so um, we're trying to get stuff where non-magic builders can use um but then i woke up this morning there's an email from one of our friends being like oh i think that my character's a little boring what do you guys think about just making new ones so apparently our dm was like so you're not the first person who's asked me that two of our other campaigns really? and i was like well now we know who it is it was not me i am loyal to seraphina <laughs> <laughs> narrowing so- it down yeah so, so would we'll you see. level up or would you create new fifth level characters or 
So and we're going to, I think we're playing, oh gosh, what is the one we're going into now? Um, Storm King's Thunder is what we're going to play next. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so I think there are, DM was saying that basically what we can do is there is a way to start characters at one and like level them up really quickly. So that way we kind of know more about them. Cause if you just go in with the character at one, I mean, Literally, so we ended our last game, and he was like, so giants are attacking. <laughs> and we're like, great. Cool. So we don't want to go in with, like, all these weak level one players and characters and stuff. But right. uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it would be really fun to kind of play with a new character and create a new world for them, um, obviously, since we're going into a new space. And, yeah. and it just makes it more fun because you kind of learn a dynamic with the characters and people you're used to playing with if you play the same characters for so long. And we've been playing these for like a year because we could only meet up like once a month or once every two weeks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say being at home, we play every week now. <laughs> oh, see another benefit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys, have you guys ever done that or what do you suggest? Like I said, I need to level up and, and, and get that going. Uh, and I've been a little bit uh, reluctant to jump in because Shelly and I were talking about this uh, before we started recording, but uh, it is it's it's been so much of my job now is now video conferencing that yeah. sometimes the level of you know I've had family members and friends who people want to also connect in that way, and it's been it's been I mean just me personally it's been a little bit tough because I need the um, the separation time. I'm, I'm one of those introvert extrovert people where. I'm, I'm, I can be very, you know, uh, chatty and talking with people, but then I need that time away, uh, and especially games, I need to be able to yeah. like, not engage, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the evening times. So uh, I also just need to get better at Roll20 and things like that so that I can uh, start, you know, dungeon mastering and, and, make, and making that be a thing. Uh, but there's tons of resources out there for people to get into it, and it's really cool that your group was already on, on the cusp of doing <laughs> yeah. it uh, ahead of time. I jumped right in. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was an easy transition, I feel like, for us, which I think for a lot of people it will be. And I mean, the thing that I love so much about D&D is that you, you know, I posted that I was coming on here today and it's like friends that I didn't know play are like, how did I not know that you play? Let's do a one-off campaign. And it's kind of one of those things where there's so many people who are playing and you just don't know where, you know, the first time I started our campaign, um, my friend Todd Stashwick, who's an amazing actor, so talented, but he does one-offs. And so he invited me over and I played and then... That turned into doing um, a full day campaign at Shout Factory, and we filmed that. Oh, and nice. Just getting to know cool people where, you know, there's so many different levels of playing and different ways of playing when you have different DMs. And I, I did um, Fungeons and Flagons with Maude oh, as well. Oh, that's your connection. Yeah, yeah. Maude and I have known each other for years now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I joke that it's like, you kind of come to LA and if you're a geek or a nerd or in that space, it's like you go to one party Comic-Con and <laughs> every nerd in LA is there and you're like, Oh, Hey, cool. So now we all kind of know each other. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like someone inevitably knows someone like someone in my campaign, Greg was like, Oh, are you going on Tito's podcast? And I was like, Greg. But I was like, Oh yeah. He'll, he'll be Tito. I mean, I <laughs> he'll be Tito to you after this podcast. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Um, so it's like you just never know. You find so many people that know each other that are playing. It's yeah. I love it. I love that part of we, it too. We talked to somebody once who said um, that it was a creative from in the Hollywood space, and he said that D and D is like a secret handshake in Hollywood. Maybe it's not so secret anymore. This was years ago, but he was it's like, a very you public make, handshake. It's a very public yeah. handshake, but like you could make a D&D &D reference in a meeting with, like, 30 people and, like, five of them laugh. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. those are my people. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I think it's still, 
it's like people, you mention it and now there's the response is less of, huh? And it's much more, yeah. oh, I want to learn to play. And that I think is the, it's awesome, but also really hard because it's like, you know, I'll have friends that are like, I've never played before. Can I just come one to one of the your weeks? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> That's know. That's not how it you, works. <laughs> it's like you could come, but I don't know that you, it would be fun or that you'd understand everything that's going on, especially when we've been playing for a year. But I was like, if, if I know a DM that's doing a one-off campaign, of course, like that's the best time to jump in because right. you kind of get a condensed lesson on everything. Um, cause I think learning how to actually roll a character is probably the hardest part. Um, and just knowing what all this stuff means and why it's important. And, you know, so I think it's like, you can watch, I love watching critical role and, you know, you can learn a lot through that kind of stuff. But I think if you're totally new, like for me going to Emerald Knights and learning how to play with somebody who is excited about teaching you all the minutia of it, because <laughs> that's the other thing I'm like, I have friends that I'm like, I don't know that you would be a good teacher. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes a lot of work to teach someone. Um, it's fun work, but it's like, it takes a lot of, you have to know the D and D world really well to teach someone else. Like I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable being like, Hey, I'm going to teach someone to roll a character. You have that's to why, know I mean, the what, world. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, go on. I was just going to say that's, I mean, that's this internal thing of like whether or not a pre-made is easier for a new person yeah. uh, to, to play with versus you don't get that joy of creating something of your own that is your you know, yeah. uh, fantasy, for lack of a better word. Um, but it takes, it takes that, because it's not fun necessarily to create a character in that first 30 minutes and you're explaining so much and it's not um, when, when you're, you're learning new. a board game or... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think sometimes, or even that's why I've been recommending people pressing the button. This is my my pressing the button. <laughs> uh, if to do the random character generator that's on D and D Beyond, uh, yeah. because you know it may be suboptimal and it may not be the best character in the world, but you end up having just here's the choices made for you, and then you can see what they mean and how you will play with those going forward. And then once you, I mean, it seems like it's happened in your group. Once they learn the game a little bit more, then it's like, oh, if I change this, then I can yeah. do this. And then well, there, these aha moments happen. And you know what stuff you might come up against. Like, you know, the fact that I am not a magic wielder and I don't have any magic weapons. It's like I use sneak attack like it's my job and I love it. Um, but when someone has magic missile, it, it, it makes such a big difference that they can attack so many people. And I'm like, I'm going to use my short bow. It does a lot of damage, but like, um, it feels like something where you're like, oh, I really want something like a little bit different or to play in that space a little more where you can help your fellow campaign members. Um, cause I don't, I don't have healing or anything for other people. Um, I definitely am, I'm a thief as well. So I take a lot of stuff. So I have a lot of like potions That's of very healing. helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody um, has their role. It's true. Yeah. So you mentioned Serafina. Is that your character? Yep. Serafina's so, right foot. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. I'm so a do very... You gravi- hmm? Go ahead. Do you gravitate towards certain types of characters when you play, or do you like to mix it up? I definitely like the kind of rogue ranger vibe. Um, I am a massive Lord of the Rings fan. I have an... Oh, it's wrong wrist, Tiffany. It's an Elvish tattoo. <laughs> um, so I'm like, Hobbit... What does it say? What does it uh, say in Elvish? It says, light in dark places. I don't know if we can... <sighs> Yes. Oh, Who knows if that's what it actually says? Because I definitely translated it online. It could be like, you're an idiot. But if someone reads it and it's like, that says you're an idiot, I'll be like, oh my God, you can read Elvish. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a win win, really. 
but that, yeah, right. That's the stone, the stone of Galadriel. It'll be a, a light in dark places. Oh, yay. So the, oh, my God. So I have, where did I put my little dice? Um, I went online and found these dice, which I don't know what the actual name is, but they made me like feel very Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Right. And the box Adorable. is like engraved and stuff too. That's really oh, cool. That's great. Um, well, obviously, yeah. you're going to want to roll your own dice. I mean, those when are beautiful. When they look like this, right? Yeah. I love them. I love these dice. Um, but I like that they're big so you can actually see the the the, the numbers true. on them. They are. I mean, this is pretty epic when you get to I'm like, mm, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Too um, bad a rogue doesn't get to roll a D twelve very often. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I definitely gravitate more towards um farther away. I like to be ranged a lot of the times too. Um, yeah. and I, I think I learned it one, like I said, because I love Lord of the Rings and I love Strider and, you know, hobbits are just little and they can get in there sometimes when you need to. Uh, but I also started, uh, playing Warcraft a couple of years ago. And so that was also where I was like, ah, I'm too squishy. I'm going to die if I get too close to anything. So I wanted to play characters where I could do damage from further away. Have a little, have a little more time to figure out what I was doing yeah. before I just run right in there before I leave Ray Jenkins it. <laughs> Shelly, you recently <laughs> adopted the ranger as your, your class of choice now, right? I did, yeah. I used to, to be um, all loyal to the magic users, and then I realized it's actually kind of complicated. <laughs> and sometimes it's, I just, it's not that it's easy to be a ranger, but, I mean, when you don't have a, a lot of choices, and you, yeah. I like to fire a bow, and I, I also like to stand far away, and I just... That's that's my new thing now. I get to. I feel like I I can be more immersed in the story when I'm not constantly like looking at my spells. Like, did I prepare this spell? I don't remember mm-hmm. if I prepared this spell. And am I able to cast the spell? And how many spell slots do I have left? But so, yeah, you know, yeah. I I some, definitely some DMs care. I yeah. think too. It's like once you play the character longer, you kind of pick up things that you know. You know what you're good at quicker. So I think that even in Magic: The Gathering, like I like to play red and black because it's damaged fast. Um, the green and blue in there is a little bit more like magic wielders, I think, because it's like, okay, you have to kind of plan it out ahead. You have to know that like, oh, I need to learn this spell for however many hours overnight or attuned to this weapon before I can use it. And then is it a weapon that is like chaotic neutral or is it something that's going to make me evil? Like we had, <laughs> we had one at ours, the black razor sword that one of, one of our, I'm going to call you out, Doug. Um, our friend Doug was playing and he Doug. got it. And uh, it was just like, he loved the fact that this was making him like an evil character. So we ended up having to feed it to a, a dragon to get rid of it. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, if you are a magic user, there's stuff affects you differently. Um, so it's definitely a lot more to keep track of than if you're, you know, short sword, short bow. Magic exactly. users go bad so much easier. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but it is so cool. It's very cool. It is. I mean, it's cool to like blow up stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes true. I miss it, but what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. Well, we just got in the, at the end of our last game, we got the wand of, Ma- wand of magic missiles or magic missile wand. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, and so anybody can use that. So I was like, hello, I will take that, please. Yeah. See? Um, especially as a thief that's great to be able to be like pew 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 all right i'm hiding again right exactly i mean you know you get creative i put myself in the bag of holding for one battle that we were 
because <laughs> I was small enough. And I was like, it's a okay, great idea. Put me in the bag of holding and then put me on your back and we'll jump across because one of the characters could jump way farther than I could. So I was like, just put me in the bag. I don't weigh anything. It'll be great. Oh, that's, that's, great. that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, you know, if you have we, to create an, oh, sorry, go on. No, go, 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 go. If you, if you have to create a new character, do you have any ideas on what you're going to play? I don't know. Or, this literally just happened this morning. And I'm like, maybe I do want to do, you know, I, I like, I like the elves. I like, I do like magic. I'm like, I might be I ready to kind of, especially if we're starting from one and just leveling up quickly. Yeah. Um, then it might be something I would be way more down for, especially because we're dealing with giants. And I'm like, I need stuff that's going to do some big damage quick. Because <laughs> I mean, a little, a little halfway, I can run between their legs probably really well, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I have my like player's handbook here, and I was that was kind of my plan for today. I was going to level up my character um, for when we played again, but now I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just come up with someone totally new. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Wizards. Wizards can be super fun for. Uh, you know, that second, third character that you jump into because you can, you know, feel the power and there's so many different wizards that you can make that could be, you know, more of uh, fighter wizards or anything. So you can make yeah. blends of uh, uh, multi-classing is, is something that could I open just, up all I of your doors. I feel like I must do it because I just want to say I feel the power. <laughs> 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 ah! <laughs> your power is above be- 9,000. That will for sure be my slogan if I become a wizard in this next one. The power we'll of Grayskull, even. I know. It's true. Oh, yeah. Hey, good segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segue. Very impressive. Yeah, so your new project is working on Masters of the Universe, uh, and that's an animated series, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Masters of the Universe Revelation on Netflix. Um, it hasn't premiered, obviously, yet. We're still working on it. Um, but it is, I was so excited to book it in general, um, cause I grew up watching He-Man and She-Ra and, um, so this project came up and through voiceover stuff and I feel super lucky that I've gotten to work with Kevin Smith before on a couple other projects and he's kind of helming this whole project and, um, the audition came through and I was like, oh my God, it's Kevin. And I know like three or four of the writers on it. And I was so pumped. I, I joke that I'm like, when you do voiceover auditions, sometimes you'll go into the studio at your agency or you can do your recordings from home, which I do a lot. Um, and there was, oh, like, obviously, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. Um, and so on one of my takes, recording from home, I have, because who doesn't? I have a lightsaber at home. And so I was like, <laughs> I did the take and I turned the lightsaber on at the end. <laughs> and then I just started laughing. I was like, that's for sure staying on the take. Because it was something where it was like, it just like, I, I like doing the actions of things. Yeah. Um, and so it, it added to it so much. So um, I'm like, I think it was my lightsaber that, you know, gave I mean, me the power to book the job. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Giving those uh, sound effects really gives it something something more powerful. You know, and I was like, and anybody who's listening to this audition and is a Star Wars fan as well will totally get it and love it. Because you know what the lightsabers, like the lightsabers that you have at home sound like. It sounds like sound. Um, that was terrible, Tiffany. But, um. <laughs> Are you also a Foley artist? You can make uh, sound effects with your mouth? That's amazing. That was not my audition for a voiceover project. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. And, you know, you record some stuff and then 
I didn't know, all of us didn't know the cast who had been cast for each role. And so when the press release came out for the entire cast, I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, that's so strange. You don't know the cast <laughs> no. until they announce the well, cast? because we, I mean, we don't, sometimes you don't record together. We'd just gotten started. Um, and it was, you know, because of how it works, sometimes people's deals hadn't, whatever. Um, so it was like, as soon as I, I found out about all the people who were cast, at the same time as everyone else did. And I was reading and I was just like, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I was like, people are going to read this and be like, Mark Hamill, this is amazing. Naming all these people that get to me and be like, who's that girl? (laughs) So I feel really, really super lucky to be in the mix with these incredible, incredibly talented voice actors. And I I love, you know, animated stuff. Castlevania is one of my favorite shows on Netflix right now. Um, And I got to interview actually Warren Ellis a while ago in London. And it was before I'd seen Castlevania, but I obviously knew of his comic book writing and how talented he is. And uh, it ended up, you know, the show came out. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And the same company that did the animation for Castlevania is doing Revelation as well. So I can't wait to see all the good stuff that they're going to do with the show. That's awesome. So can we talk about your, your Lifetime movie? <laughs> yes, we can. I was okay. waiting for the transition there. I'm sorry, I have to talk about it. It's so it wasn't exciting. as smooth. It wasn't as smooth as his, but that's okay. No, we will get to I know. It's, like, it's just we're just going for it. So your lifetime um, movie, it's great. Harry and Meghan. What is it? A royal? Yes, a royal. Becoming royal. Becoming royal. Okay. Um, yeah. So first yeah. question: so, Did you even have to audition for it, or were they just like, oh my god? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Perfect. I auditioned probably did we audition two or three times? Um yeah, I did have to audition. Um I definitely had gotten before the audition came up that people were like, Oh, you look kind of like Meghan Markle. I was like, Cool, yeah, you back. Um, <laughs> but I had it like I, I didn't know. I didn't watch suits at the time. Um and I think it it was just around the time that they had started dating. Um and then they did a first movie and um Parisa, who played Megan in the first one, who's lovely. We've become really good friends since I did the second one. Um, and so she did the first one. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, whatever. And then the audition for the second one came up and I was like, well, they're recasting it. And she was busy on another project. So was the guy that played Harry in the first one. And so this awesome opportunity came up where I, I really feel like for me, it was like grad school for acting because I had done some guest stars here and there and been on things and projects, but this was, you know, it's, you're, I was on set every single day and it was, you know, some days we did seven or eight or 10 pages of script. And, you know, I had, there was a pregnancy and there was sex scenes and there were fight scenes and there was crying and there was a wedding. (laughs) I told my dad after I was like, so you lucked out because probably now when I get married one day, I'm not going to want a dress because I literally, they had to make a custom dress for me for the movie, which was incredible and crazy and surreal and weird and and you got just, to keep it right i mean they, i was gonna say <laughs> can't, can't they just that. give that to you i mean what would i do with it though like <laughs> i don't know I was like uh, hang it behind you when you're doing interviews if you've got, <laughs> if you've got any mannequins like, in your house you can dress them i don't know <laughs> who has mannequins in their house <laughs> don't judge greg it's weird times people live alone <laughs> maybe i i do live alone i for sure would talk to it if i had a mannequin oh in my dress i'd be like Hey, Megs, what's up? Yeah, it's like very, like the number 13 bestseller on Amazon, Mannequins. Just kidding. That is not. That is not true. That just just opened up a whole can of creepy that I don't want to get. Is there a segue there? No, there's not. 
Um, um, I didn't keep the dress because I was like, okay, here are the options. Wear it on Halloween, which I was like, well, I'm going to be in a wedding dress on Halloween. Who's going like, to see me and be like, that girl's in a wedding dress. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wear, wear it to get married because I'm like, this is a dress that I wore in a movie. Yeah. Um, and I was like, there's nothing really else I could do with it because I wouldn't want to dye it or change it because you're like, it was it was such a beautiful dress and they did such a great job that I think I'm pretty sure lifetime has it. And I don't know if it's on a mannequin or something somewhere there, but they did. I did get to keep the, it's not real, obviously, but the engagement ring. Oh, really? (laughs) The cubic zirconium. Yeah. uh... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that, that was like, I I do like when I do projects, getting to keep something that, you know, really reminds me of the project. And that's a good one. That was one of the pieces that, cause I don't, I don't wear brings too, too often, um, or on the regular. So that whole time it was, I definitely like played with it and loved having it. And it's just a, it's a really, really good memory. I made some great friends and, you know, we're all still really close. We have text chains going and I talk with the director a lot and the Charlie who played Harry and I are really close. Um, when I was in London the last time I actually got to hang out with him, which was great. And I, Oh my God, the two of you guys walking around London together would like freak people out. You would think, you would think. So it was, I had gone to London for the Birds of Prey premiere. And right after I finished Harry and Meghan, I cut my hair because I was like, I just want, I wanted to do other roles. And I was like, I I just feel like I needed to change it up a little bit. Um, So I cut my hair off. And uh, so while I was in London, I was like, oh, well, I have hair cut off. And um, Charlie's hair is a little bit blonder than red in real life. But I was sitting at this restaurant chatting with these two guys while I waited for him to get there. um, And... I'm like eavesdropping on some of their conversation. They're like, oh, it was right around when Harry and Meghan, the announcement came out that, you know, they were leaving the royal family um, for their official duties. And these guys are talking about it. I'm sitting right there. And then Charlie shows up and like we, the four of us all start chatting and neither of us brought it up. I was for sure expecting them to be like, you you guys look kind of, and not once. So I was like, I mean, maybe it's because we have such different like style in real life. Uh, and that, you know, I was in like leather pants and like my hair chopped off and like a sequin top thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what I would expect to happen when they left the royal family. They're just like, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to wear my cool, exactly. my cool dragon howling at the moon T-shirt it's now. True. It's true. <laughs> I mean, if, I swear, if I heard that they play D&D, I would be so on top of that game. I mean, let's do they, it. Let's find now. out. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think that I want to be become awesome. royal with them in a D&D campaign setting. That would be Amazing. That would be. Now, I really hope that there's going to be another movie because all the stuff happening now is what I really want to see portrayed. There's, I mean, there's definitely, so. it's crazy because it literally was a year, one year after the movie came out was when all this other big stuff started happening. And so it's just like, <clears throat> the timing is really funny and interesting. Um, I just like, what I loved so much about doing the project too was that you know I really got to do research on the two of them and they're just so lovely and the stuff that they do is so incredible and I think that a lot of you know just their passion for helping others and the love that they have for each other I mean this is like getting way into it but I'm multiracial and so for me it was my when my parents got married in California they told me stuff that happened I was like that's not true um so kind of hearing and seeing the experience that Harry and Meghan had um and bringing that to life in a movie was it opened up great conversations for my parents and I and you know it just made me look at them in an even more incredible and stra- strong strength light yeah. because I was just like they they're up against so much 
Um, and so, yeah, it just, it made me have like a really, really special place in my heart for both of them. For sure. That's, That's really, cool. That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah. But, but more importantly, D and D with them would be epic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's 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 something that you can bring to D and D too, like that idea that you know people who are in royalty or or are thrust in their situations. I mean, I think it's a it's this recurrent Great theme in all of our story. fantasy. If you're thinking of like you know yeah. Gandalf and 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 Frodo of like this, what you do with the with the the time that you were given, right? And that's yes. essentially. Did you see? I just posted that on my Instagram. No, I didn't. But I, <laughs> a lot of people are posting that specific quote yeah, right now so because good. of. It's- so good. All though. the crap. It's so right yeah, on. I know, but I mean that they were they're perfect examples of it too, where they're like, "Hey, we we yeah. were in this, but now we're not. We just want to be who we are uh, and uh, express that love that they have for each other uh, going forward." And I think that's uh, that's really great. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, I w- I I would play D and D with them any day. This can be my plea to them. Right. They <laughs> might need. Yeah, I mean, they they there. just <laughs> might need like a nice like way to just like hang out. Just bond with some new friends. You know? And also, I mean, I will say, I think that I'm sure for you guys too, so many people who play are actors because you can be creative. Like our, our group is actually one of our DM is a writer. Um, Two of us are actors. One's a producer. um, Well, a couple of them, two of them are writers. So it's been, it's a really good creative bunch. And I feel like almost every game that I play, you're, I mean, maybe it's just LA because all of us are in the industry here in LA. <laughs> but, you know, you get people who are willing to, like, play so much more in that space and create a character and do voices and stuff. And my favorite is now, you know, when you do crit roll or something, you get to actually, like, act out or talk out what happened where it's like, I slid under. I definitely acted out my Hobbit fantasies with Shelob where I killed a spider. And I was like, I slid under the spider with my sword and the guts spilled out all over me. <laughs> And they were like, Tiffany, maybe their guts are poisonous. I'm like, no, they're ah, not. Nope. I'm drinking I'm the guts. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, that's, that's where it's so much funner where you, you know, roll a one and you're like, okay, what actually, what do you, but what happened? What did you do? And you have to come up with some exactly. terrible thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. So when you're playing, uh, like as, as you're an actor, you're an avid role player and you're, you know, you have a lot of creative freedom there. But when you're playing a character, a, a, a real life person, how is that like, the preparation for that different? Because, like, I know you said you did a lot of research on it, but you don't really get to be like, you know what? Yeah. I think actually, Megan's she says she has a catchphrase and she's going to say yeah. this all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, it definitely it's it's a different muscle. You know, I think that it was great because there is so much content about the two of them online, and so there was a lot of like um, like movements and things yeah. where it was like I definitely. I would send Instagram videos to Charlie all the time where it was like, he like constantly does this with her. They're always touching or like they look at each other like this sometimes. Let's try and do some of that. So that kind of Mm -hmm. movement and stuff was, you know, I definitely feel lucky that we could look at all that stuff online. And it, you know, it's a lot more, it's a lot different pressure because they are real people and you want to do it justice and portray them in a, you know, realistic and positive way. Um, And I think so that for me, it was, like I said, it's a different muscle because you're acting out someone who is already out there. So how do you kind of internalize that? And so I did a lot of research before. And then when I got to set, I kind of was like, okay, I've done my work. I can throw that away a little bit and just be in the moment more. Cause if you were, if I was in my head too much during it, I, I don't think I could have done realistic emotion and performance in that way. Yeah. If I'm like, she tilts her head this way, you know, it, 
I mean, eventually down the line, could I do something like that? Yeah, you know, you see actors who are winning Oscars because they can meld those two things together so, so yeah. well. Um, so that's for sure a goal down the line for me. Um, but this one for me, and luckily for me, I mean, I grew up in California. I went to school for broadcast journalism. She went for international relations. Um, I'm an actress. She's an actress. So there was there was some stuff that I think naturally had some crossover um, that felt a little bit easier to play. And obviously the stuff where it was um, ethnicity and race related, I've experienced some of that stuff. So getting to kind of pull from that aspect where it's, you know, I don't know what a lot of the conversations are, obviously, that they've had in the privacy of their own home. So all we could do is work with what we had on the script and then build from that. And so then with something like D&D or a character that's, you know, completely made up or from another space, like I said, different muscle and so much fun because you can come up with a catchphrase yep. if you want to um, and play and have an accent or, you know, it's just you create that whole backstory, which is something that I think in D&D you get to do unless you are doing a pre-rolled character or something, which is cool too. There's something that, um, there's something you said there yeah. about, uh, you know, getting the preparation for your for the character of playing that I think translates really well to people role-playing uh, around a table, which is you can do all your research, you can do all your background and all your writing and stuff, but you kind of want to like let that go at the table uh, or when you're performing. I mean, uh, that's true too. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Any kind of doubt or or you know uh, second guessing of yourself in the moment is going to read right. So you you want to be yeah. able to do that. And I think when people uh, are playing D anD D, part of it the most fun that I've had is when the entire group around uh, lets let goes of that self consciousness and they can just be silly, goofy, you know, uh, folks or or serious uh, uh, characters as well. But they just kind of let go and embody that so much more. And, I would love yeah. to see more more folks do that, and I think the rise of streaming games, like you've been mentioning, uh, has has shown that that's a really important part of of, mm-hmm. of the role playing aspect of D anD. d Well, and I will say too that I think you know there's you could play different D anD D games with different people, and it's going to be a completely different experience. Yeah. Which you know I think for a lot of people, because you know I played one time, and it was a lot of voiceover actors who are so incredibly talented that I was like, oh my, I felt really intimidated. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to be so like in this character the whole time? When can they talk to me like they're themselves? Are they going to talk to me like they're themselves? How will um, I know the and, difference? You know, <laughs> who are they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes some games, you know, they do stay in character the whole time. Sometimes they don't. And so it's, it just is based off of, I think, the group that you've put yeah. together. Because the one that I play on the regular, we don't really do voices for our characters usually um we will act out like certain things where it's like i know you know my character she drinks a lot um and she's a scrapper and so it's like that kind of stuff like i will play into that kind of thing but there's not a voice for her which i kind of think if we if we do new characters i might want to play with that a little bit more this time um so i think that's something for people where it's like you don't you don't have to be able to or be willing to do a voice for a character the whole time to play D. Um, but if you want to, you can find a game where you can play like that too. Um, which again, I just think there's so much flexibility in it that it's, you know, anyone, that's something that anyone have seen so much. And I think again, the streaming does that too, because I don't know, I've said this a couple of times, but when back in the eighties, when you played D and D and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go play Dungeons and Dragons. And you might have an experience where it doesn't match what your idea of of it is. Uh, and you might be like, oh, yeah. it's not for me, uh, or it's, uh, oh, these people were playing roles too heavily, or they weren't playing roles heavily enough. And then you might just be like, hey, all of D&D isn't for me, because you had that one experience. Uh, 
Um, but now with with streaming and people being able to uh, passively watch other people play, there is this idea of there being multiple modes and multiple styles and multiple mm-hmm. types of games that people are like, oh, all right, well, my first one, this particular group didn't match, but now I can try another one and try another one. And it gives people more incentive to find the right group and find the right mix that might uh, fit their thing, but also realize that there's different flavors and you might want one flavor one week and another flavor another week and, and, and enjoy it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something too, if you, if you enjoy stuff like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or, you know, any of those kind of shows, and there's so many different tabletop games that are versions of D and D that are like space versions or, you know, so if you like that sort of thing, and it's just the aspect of you getting to create this character yourself and write the script Mm. for them. Um, so I think that there is there is so much freedom in that. You know, I I love playing video games and there is something that when you're doing a game, the story is already written for you. There's certain things you get to choose here and there, but there's not quite as much freedom in an open world space as there is when you're playing D&D where you can literally just be like, well, now I'm going to jump off the boat into the water and there's a dolphin and I'm going <laughs> to ride the dolphin now. <laughs> like, you know, where it's like, I don't know if that is ever an actual thing that we've done in D&D. Now I, I want to. I'm going to ride that dolphin now. I can always try it out. <laughs> All the way home. It's true. Yeah. And then my DM gets to decide yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, roll. Uh, no, you did not did tame yeah. that dolphin with a one on your animal handling. No. The, the dolphin actually attacks you because they're not nice. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think there's such a creative space and a freedom in D&D that um, people love, so that I love so much specifically. And you know, like you're saying too, now I think that there are so many games that people are streaming online that it's like, I have, I had friends before that would go and watch other people play video games and I just yeah. didn't get it. I was like, I, I want to play, give me the controller. <laughs> um, but now I can kind of see that aspect more when I think of watching people play D and D, especially if you watch from the beginning of a campaign and you watch where the character goes to and where they take it and what happens to them. Um, I can see why people enjoy watching D&D and role play games in that way so much more. Yeah. I think it, to me it's it's almost like radio theater like mm-hmm. with D&D cuz like it's it's a story. It's not so much like I I need to watch the people so much as I need to I like to hear the interactions with the characters and the story that that's being told whereas like watching the video game like you're saying is like it's I'm watching you on on rails go through this experience which I I understand why people like watching it but for me it's so much more immersive to hear people talking yeah. and and like and like you don't know what's going to happen like somebody might jump off a boat and try to ride a dolphin like who would expect that <laughs> that's amazing and it's that anticipation that i mean it's the reason why improv comedy is so compelling when you're going to see an improv comedy because the individual jokes that happen within it may not be if you took them out of the that show they may not be funny but because you're realizing they're coming up with it on the spot it feels funnier in, yeah. a, in a group viewing experience. And I think that's a lot of why people enjoy watching live streams, people playing is that it's, they realize that they're just, they're just making that crap up. And yeah. it ends up being this, this like wonderment of, of, of why, why is a joke funny? I don't know, but you laugh at it because it's this puzzle that your brain figures out and then you hear other people laugh about it. And that's all those things are happening uh, when you're watching someone um, uh, do a really good role play. Yeah. Well, like our, one of our characters, I keep bringing him up, but Orin Doug, Every time he has to watch a prisoner, he wants to kill them. And we're like, no, no, I want to question them. 
So every time we're like, no, you cannot leave him alone with the prisoner. He will die. And it's become kind of the running joke. He's like, I'll watch them. And you're like, no. No. <laughs> Which is funny to us now, but like someone just jumping in, you know. Wouldn't think that was funny. Maybe yeah. like, why is that funny? And you're like, well, because it's happened so many times. Um, but Get it? We're joking about death. Isn't that funny? <laughs> in the D&D space. <laughs> you don't get d d at all. God. It's all about context. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. So what do you uh, think? Do you think that, would you ever do a live stream? Oh my gosh, yeah. We. I mean, the one I did for Shout Factory, we filmed oh, the whole right. thing, can. which was so much fun. Um, I, we, we have talked about maybe streaming some of our games that we've been doing now, the continuous campaign one. But I, I like, I think that it would have to be something where it's like, I would want it to be kind of a secondary game. Cause for me, yeah. it, like, I think that when people play and you guys can speak to this too, I'm sure. But when you play with your friends where you don't see them often, it's like, you actually get to catch up about life stuff too, in the midst of all of the playing. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's like the only real quality time that you get with people. And so there's certain games where I'm like, that's for us, but other games where I'm like, okay, that's for yes, let's play this and, you know, know that that's, we're doing this just strictly for the gaming time, which I think now, because people have so much more time on their hands, um, yeah. there's so much more opportunity for that. I mean, I, I have two or three friends who've now asked to be like, let's start campaigns online. And I'm like, I'm in, it's fun, let's do it. Um, and, you know, you can just have have a different D&D game every night if I want you, to. You could. <laughs> Multiple times during the day. Yeah, even. It's true. Several I mean, I could have done day. that before this, but now it just seems so much easier that I'm like, I have That's... my like little setup on my table where it's like, I've got my dice tray, I've got my dice, I've got my little mini figs, not that like I need them. I even have, I was like, this is my inspiration coin that I just keep with me all the time so I can pretend to like pass it. You're through. always inspired. <laughs> it's true. I'm like, I don't have, our DM's like, you don't have that coin anymore, Tiffany. I was like, but I do. And he's like, no, It's physically like, right here. I've got yeah, it. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you can't take it through the camera. Yeah. Well, and I was like, I love this one so much more too because it's actually uh, the coin from John Wick. You know, oh, they have to pay really? the coin. Yeah. So I was like, this is the best inspiration coin ever. No one's getting it back. That is really cool. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's perfect. I'm definitely the person who likes the stuff that surrounds D&D too, where it's like, I just, I did just buy my own minifig painting kit. Um, oh my I God. I showed you guys my dice. Yes. Um I'm trying to find, where's my painted one? Where did I put it? Oh, no. Where, oh, Sarah, no. Where did I put Serafina? I think she's on the coffee. Oh, you're Serafina? painting Serafina? Well, I didn't, I didn't paint her. Chad in our group who plays Finn, he painted her for me for my birthday. Um, and then oh. I bought oh, a kit because I was like, oh, I should paint. I'll learn to paint them myself now, too. Um, oh, no. Where now. did she go? Uh, but she's yeah, so hiding because she's these a sneaky ones. little rogue. That I will be painting. Ready oh to be God. painted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Those look like the Nolzer's Marvelous Miniatures. They're, they're two different kits. This one is a different kit than this one. Got it. It was like two different sets that I got because I, I wasn't sure if I wanted her with two little shorts, shorts daggers here or the one. I don't know. Well, you know, I like she's to gotta have options. Out. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but yeah. now if I make a new character, I'm going to need a whole new thing. You got all the time now, though. It's true. Time um, to go shopping online. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that that's what I was trying to say is that I love all the stuff that's around it because you yeah. can't like, oh, oh, here she is. Here's Serafina. We found her. Yes. She was in my dice tray. I thought we were going to have to go on a quest. What? I thought we were going to have to go on a quest to find her. 
Oh, she's so cute. She's so cute. And then I use, this is my dice tray. Oh, my God. Uh, what does it say on there? Roll or die. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Damn, that thing looks like you could serve drinks on that thing. Too. I mean, I could, but I'm not, it's it's like soft felt on oh, the bottom. It's beautiful. You can't put anything wet in there. No. It's perfect for my Lord of the Rings dice, guys. Look at that. Yep, it nice and big perfectly. for those nice big dice. <laughs> nice. For those so, of yeah. you who are just listening to the audio version, you are going to have to turn it, tune into YouTube so you can see these beautiful props. Yeah, yeah. I Actually, I just started putting together like wish lists and idea list on Amazon and stuff. So a lot of my stuff that I showed you guys, I've ordered on Amazon. So I'll try and put together a list of all the stuff that I have on there. So if you are just listening to this, you can pop over there and check it out. Um, and find some of your own cool stuff. Cause I, I have like four sets of dice and you know, yeah, you, can never have... you see someone post it and you're like, I want those. I now I want those ones. And I want those. ones. You can't have enough. I'll show you what True. my, my cool prop that you're all going to be jealous of. <laughs> Where'd you find that? It's My dad its sent gold. it to me from the dollar store in Florida. I'm ready to. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's a you know you don't have to worry about people touching your dice and stuff. It's true. Even like it's true. So, pandemic or not, I don't really want people touching them. I just don't. Really? I mean, I have. Do you feel like it's gonna put like bad juju on them or something? Maybe. Like I have. I have. I have a lot of dice. So I have dice that are like, are, I'm happy for the public to just dig through and use. And then I have my dice that I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't want, I don't want anyone touching them. Yeah. I, I have a metal set. And then I also, which this is, I love it too. Cause it gives so much stuff to get, give for friends that play. Um, I have oh, the Hasbro. The ponies. My little ponies dice. Nice. As well. Good old ponies. Sometimes yep. I mix it up. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it depends on how how you're feeling that day. It's true. I'm not gonna lie. Dice that sparkle at all. I'm. It's like I can't help it. I'm like oh. a dragon, small. That's like glitter. Yep. Give it to me. A little magpie. <laughs> We're gonna use these blue uh, dice that just came out. They're sparkly oh. blue. Stop it. Yes. I like have to put my face closer to the camera. Like, <laughs> I'm going to need those. Yep. And it's well, got uh, uh, a nice little dice tray uh, that. Looks similar to this. Yeah, uh, dice trays are where it's at. Uh, Whoa, that is a cool dice tray too. Right? Crap. There's two. It actually comes as two, (gasps) so you can roll on either side if you want. And your nice little, is that a little velvet bag that you keep your dice in? Yeah, that was a giveaway for for, uh, last year's D&D Live, uh, and then we've been giving them away too, so we have tons of those in the office. So once we get back in the office, we'll send you some of these because I think you might like the dice that we've got going. Yeah, those blue ones. I'm already like, oh, <laughs> yeah, those are nice. <laughs> How do I get my hands on those? <laughs> well, thank you uh, so much for calling in and taking uh, an hour of your time to talk through all this fun stuff. Sure. Uh, I would love to have you on again, so we can. I want now. I want to try and convince you to dungeon master. I think that's. Funny. I know. Oh my god, that. that's way off for me, guys. I I will play a campaign with you, but let's do a one off. I would be down for that. All right. Okay. I just honestly, I really want you to be a dungeon master so you can use the engagement ring that you got. In the thing as a oh, magic yeah. ring. <laughs> Work that just, into the story. Wait, I did just get um they just gave me a ring of oh god, it gives me one more it ups my armor class by one Ooh, that I just got the la- at the end of the last round. Crap, what is it called? I don't even know right now. Do I, have I feel it? like you could tell know. your DM to use the uh the ring that you have yeah. as a prop, and that's like this is my actual ring. I've got it on now. It's yep. true, I'm wearing it, no one can take it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I'll kind of that? 
Hmm. I'll need that and the Lord of the Rings, the one ring. <laughs> what what kind of, of boost do you think that that engagement ring would give your character based, based on its actual history? I mean, definitely would up my charisma. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd probably get like a good, good, I want to say like a 10 bump in charisma, which would be insane, but I'm like 10 carats. It's not 10 carats. I'm not going to this. Um, <laughs> I would say... Definite bump up in charisma and uh, persuasion, maybe. Maybe. Because I, I like feel like that. they're like actor kind of things, but, you know, would because of who she is, yeah. since she's an actress, that it would Bards up a little would bit. would covet that, uh, that ring. For they sure. would. They like would, it. for sure. But they'd have to get through Harry and me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and try. Go ahead and try, Tito. We keep setting up all these quests that I want to I go know. on. I know. Now I'm like, well, there's the premise for our one-off. Yeah. Go ahead and yeah. one shot. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> I'm in. Count me in. Count me in. <laughs> well, can, can there still be dragons, though? <laughs> for sure. We'll defeat them. The dragon's with, probably with the, the one after that ring. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've already fed a sword to a dragon, so <laughs> if, if it takes feeding them the ring, I might do, do it. True. <laughs> Just as long as the dragon's not named uh, Elizabeth II, we should be fine. <laughs> oh, Tito. Uh, all right. I uh, appreciate you so much. I, uh, I just love your creativity, and I feel like uh, I'm excited about the Masters of the Year. There, is there any um, news about when that is going to be coming out? Um, uh, I don't know the details on it, and obviously with everything that's going on right. in the world right now, I don't know what kind of a halt that that's put on things. So mm. um, if you guys just I, – I usually post everything that's going on with me on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, so if you just follow at Tiffany underscore Smith, as soon as I get info, you guys will get it too. Nice. All right. Awesome. You got some followers coming to you pretty soon. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I want to hear about everyone's games. I love it. I love following along with other people and what they do and all of their cool swag that they get to play the games too. Yes. Nice. D&D accessories. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany, and uh, keep rolling dice. You are awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness, I really enjoyed that interview. It is so nice to be able to talk to someone who is... Uh, engaging with D and D creatively right now. You know, you just you just never know where the members of our community are. They're just everywhere. They They're are. on Lifetime. <laughs> They're on the CW. I am just never. I know Lifetime and CW are kind of my life. So it's kind of like you're uh, and Bravo. Do you, are you a Bravo girl? As God, well? yes, you know that. Uh-huh. And HGTV, and that's really all I need in my life. <laughs> I feel like you're uh, the Steve Martin and the jerk being like, all I need is HGTV and Bravo and CW and Lifetime and, and Hallmark Facebook when it's and around Hallmark the <laughs> and or video now. games and Fortnite uh, and Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition That's... and fourth edition and 3.5. And bagels and cream cheese. Oh, and locks. And, and Clementine vodka. Clementine vodka? Are you making that yourself? No. I mean, if things get dire, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to find someone named Clementine. I, and I'm pretty sure you've had it at my house. Yes, it is. It it's is very usually the, the welcome cocktail. It is very delicious. Uh, we, I, I, one of the things I stocked up on was a bottle of Tito's. Uh, so we've been slowly working through a handle of that uh, they, with juice. <laughs> 
They should really just give that to you. They really should have. So shout out to uh, Tito's <laughs> Vodka. Uh, I, I have a platform. I'm, a, I'm an influencer now, so uh, we I can mean, make it happen. Let's get them to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> let's do it. We could do an entire Dragon Talk where we're just sipping on our Tito's. Is and, this uh, Tito's or this, is this water? This is not Tiger Juice. This is Tito's. <gasps> Damn it. That's what we forgot to talk about. <laughs> the Netflix show? No, we'll save that for another time. Uh, All right. Anyone listening right now or in the chat, your homework for the week is if you have Netflix, you need to watch The Tiger King because we're going to do a little book club about it next week. I think Except not a, a book. He's a Beastmaster Ranger, I think. Oh, God. If we could stack all of them up. Clearly chaotic evil. Uh, very interesting show, uh, but... This was also a very interesting show, Shelley. I, I mean, sell when is it short not? Here. Yeah, I um, hope. It, if you would like to uh, get in touch with us and tell us what a great show it was, you have a few ways that you could do that. Uh, one is to uh, download this from Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it. Uh, like it on those platforms. That's the best way for us to get the word out about Dungeons & Dragons and what a wonderful resource it is for people right now. Uh, to connect with folks, um, and I and I uh, we would really love that. Uh, but of course, if you want to tweet at us, I'm at Greg Tito. Uh, Shelley, where are you at? I'm at Shelley Moo. That's right. Uh, give a follow to our uh, um, guests, to Kate Welch, to Tiffany Smith, uh, and share that you were able to enjoy this amazing podcast, uh, and that would be great. Uh, but if you want to find out more about D&D, you can go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. That's the best way to learn more, especially how to play online during uh, this time. There is also a wonderful resource in Dragon Plus. That is an app that you can get on your iPhone or Android phone, uh, as well as accessing that content online at DragonMag.com. There's tons of great stuff all about uh, uh upcoming D&D products as well as uh, resources for you and it is all 100% free so check it out if you can All right. good idea I want to give a thank you again to all people who put together stuff for uh, this podcast uh, I want to give a thank you to Pelham Green uh, helping out in the video uh, Sean Mayofsky as well for that uh, on the wizard staff and then Lisa Carr and Ryan Marth from Siren Sound who put together all of the audio not to mention helping out with guests and scheduling and all that fun stuff so thank you to everybody who contributes to make Dragon Talk happen you're good people they're the best around around <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Shelly, I forget where we were in our It was quest. a mirage, or was it? I went up and, oh, I, I saw a vision of Daryl, and I think I recognized the background of being on a ship. That's right. Uh, and okay. you were in the forest when you got this yes. vision. So uh, I'm so running we... now to the port. Okay, you're going to run as fast as you can to the yes. port. Okay. Yes. And um, are you doing anything special? You just you just you you know going. As I fast am just as you can. darting like like a crazy cat. Okay, well I just roll. had her tail run over by a razor scooter. Ooh, ouch! Ooh. All right, I'm rolling you an athletics check uh, to see how well you do, and I got a lucky thirteen. 
All right. Uh, so I think as a ranger, you've got some, uh, uh, you know, decent stats in that. So I'll at least say you passed a 15 DC. So you're running, you're huffing, you know, you're, you're, you're a big cat. <laughs> so yep. you're, you know, you can do sprints uh, for a certain amount of time and you are definitely doing so. And all of a sudden you're realizing that you've, you're traversing miles. Uh, you're going really far. You're almost, you know, you, you get this uh, runner's high type of thing with all these trees going past you, uh, and uh, you don't realize uh, that you are being followed. I know who it is. Who is? It's Joe Exotic from the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> we can work it into this. I turn oh around God. and I go, back off, Joe Exotic. Nice. And that's when we'll stop. We'll introduce the NPC that's named Joe Exotic. I wish I could oh cue God. that song. He, that he song likes that those big right cats. Now. He does like those big cats. He's trying Man, to take Daryl for his big cat rescue. This is God. on topic. This show is so good. 